0: Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs.
1: For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now.
2: Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs.
0: That's former Blues star defenseman Jamie Rivers. I'm Brandon Kiley. It's Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. We are broadcasting live from the new E&B Granite Studio at the Centene Community Ice Center. And right now we are going out to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Happy to be joined by Bill Shaken. He covers baseball for the LA Times. You can give him a follow on Twitter at his name, Bill Shaken. Bill, thanks so much for hopping on with us today. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, We're doing all right. So let's start with some, um, I will call them puzzling, comments from Rob Manfred yesterday when he went on the Dan Patrick show and said, quote, The reality is we weren't going to play more than 60 games no matter how the negotiations with the players went. Bill, I know you know this because you've been covering these negotiations. Major League Baseball offered 82 games, they offered 76 games, and they offered 72 games in their first three proposals. What did you make of this comment from Rob Manfred yesterday?
1: Well, in the same interview, he followed that up by saying, you know, we're playing 60 games in 63 days. That's about the most we can fit in. So the question is, was he referring to where they were left at the end of the negotiations when the players were saying, yeah, you gave us 60, but we'll settle for 70? Or was he talking about the whole course of the negotiations? And normally I'd say, okay, well, Whatever. It doesn't matter. It's all settled. We're going to try and play in three weeks. But one of the reasons the players did not agree to the final owner's proposal was that they think there's a chance of filing agreements, of going to an arbitrator and saying, you know what? If the owners had negotiated in good faith, we would have been able to play a lot more games. We think the owners were stalling. They took weeks to get back to us with proposals, we got back to them the next day, that cost us games. And when you have an agreement that says the players get paid per game, that comes down to a lot of money. And most people have thought just the give and take of negotiations, clearly there were proposals made, as you mentioned, for longer seasons by the owners. So to say they were dead set on 60, there's no there there. But maybe after yesterday, there is a there there. And an arbitrator might decide one way or the other about that.
2: All right, Bill. I'm. We talked about it a little earlier on our show before we got you on, which, by the way, thanks for joining us again. But Rob Manfred, um, look, every week it seems that something is brought up by Rob Manfred that is maybe not completely in line with what has been said before or certainly what has been put on the table. The public has seen this thing just get drug out into the media, and it's been ugly for, well, the entire process. Do you feel Rob Manfred is the guy that can rebound with this and save baseball after this as far as from a fan's perspective? Or do you think the owners may have to look in a different direction, not because they don't like Rob Manfred, but just because right now the, his, his popularity amongst the baseball fan might be at an all-time low? The importance of Rob Manfred's popularity with
1: baseball fans counts for nothing among the people who actually decide whether Rob Manfred keeps his job, because I think a lot of fans understandably think, Oh, this is the guy in charge of baseball, right? Ultimately he should work for the fans to make the best game possible and make it popular and have people want to go see their local teams or watch them on TV. But actually Rob is hired by the owners and he could be fired by the owners. And there's a guy a couple decades ago named Faye Vincent who actually took seriously the idea that he was sort of an independent voice above it all, looking out for the best interest of the game. And when he wasn't willing to take a hard enough stance against the players in labor talks, the owners fired him. So I don't sense that there's any discontent among the owners with Rob Manfred right now. And certainly given that Rob's specialty is, labor negotiations. that's how he got into baseball in the first place as a lawyer and there's a collective bargaining agreement about to expire and a need to renegotiate it i would be beyond stunned if anything happened to rob anytime soon
0: we're talking to bill Shaken. you can find his work he covers baseball for the la times you can give him a follow on twitter at bill shakin So, Bill, let's talk about this baseball season because the Cardinals are opening up their camp tomorrow. Baseball as a whole officially started things off yesterday, technically. What are your expectations for what this is going to look like for the quality of the baseball? And how realistic is it that we're actually going to be able to see not just the start of the season, but the finish of this season?
1: I think your last question is, frankly, the most important. Uh, Everybody in baseball, both in the league office and in the players' union, has done their very best job to sincerely put together a plan that can minimize risk. Now, remember, the players early on, Clayton Kershaw and Mike Trout, among them, said they didn't want any part of being in a bubble for months on end and being away from their families. So baseball took that off the table. Is that a better answer? Theoretically, you'd think so, but... You know, look at major league soccer. They're in a bubble in Orlando and they already have one team that showed up where I believe six guys tested positive. So I don't know if even a bubble is a guarantee, but certainly the baseball players will be out in the community because they're going to go home after games. If they're playing in St. Louis as the Cardinals are, or they're going to go back to the hotel if they're on the road and there's a big community and a big world in between both those places and, Some guys will be more serious about it than others. But, you know, you've seen even the people that are most serious about it right now. There's no guarantee. You know, the the Cubs coach yesterday that came out and talked about, I did everything right, wore my mask, stayed away from crowds, didn't go indoors except when I had to, still contracted the virus. And I think the question we're going to have to learn along the way, and I don't think there is a hard and fast answer at this point, what do you do? when it's more than one person on a team because the infectious disease folks would have you quarantine everyone for 14 days. Well, if you knock out, you know, an entire team for 14 days, that's I mean, that's a fourth of the schedule almost. So I don't know if that's feasible. Do you take a team out of
2: the league entirely? Do you call off the season? I just don't know. And I don't think anyone knows right now, Bill, I'm going to dive into uh, a little more of the baseball side of things here And look, here in St. Louis, we believe that the Cardinals are set up pretty well to for a 60 game season with the depth of pitching that they have and certainly their defensive game. They're set up pretty well to succeed and their divisions a little weaker than probably the other ones. Now, that being said, for you in the National League, who do you see coming out of the in the National League Championship Series? And in the American League, do you have a favorite as well?
1: To try and do that over sixty games, I think would wouldn't make a whole lot of sense because you know, as everyone knows, the Nationals after fifty games last year were nineteen <laughs> and thirty-one and about to fire their manager, and then they went off and won the World Series. You know, the Dodgers have won the National League West seven years in a row, and a couple of years ago they were you know thirty and thirty after sixty games. So I don't know. I think the one thing that will play out here and we'll see it pretty quickly is that the teams that are built around deep dominant starting pitching and the nationals are really the most predominant of those teams with Scherzer and Strasburg and Patrick Corbin, uh, they're built for guys to go six and seven innings. They're not any part of this, you know, analytical, give us five and get out of their thing. So they're going to be in trouble because a three-week spring training doesn't allow guys to build up to the point where they can go six or seven innings on opening day, and maybe not for the first few times through the rotation. Uh, you're going to need deep starting pitching staffs, but more so just deep pitching staffs in general, because you may need two or three starters to get through your first week of games. And there'll be 30-man rosters, so teams can adjust. But uh, I think the, the teams that are, Deeper in middle and long relief and deeper in, say, you know, their seven- or eight-man rotation candidates as opposed to just the top five, I think those teams will do the best.
0: We're talking with Bill Shaken. He covers baseball for the L.A. Times. You can give him a follow on Twitter, at Bill Shaken. It's interesting you mentioned that, Bill, because that's something we've been talking about with the Cardinals and their rotation. It's not just about the fact that they've got five quality starters they go like 13, 14, 15 deep in terms of arms that you feel really comfortable with. Is that the the type of a team that you think is set up well to succeed over this shortened season?
1: Yeah, you're going to have to. You know, I think back to a story. In 1990, there was a brief lockout. Spring training was condensed to three weeks, and then they got the season running. And in that year, the Angels had signed Mark Langston to... What was then the record setting amount of $16 million over five years? So it's been a while. <laughs> but he went out for his first start as an angel, and everybody's like, got the hubbub, and this guy's great. He's going to save us, kind of like Garrett Cole this year with the Yankees. He was supposed to go four or five innings. That's all they had planned. He had a no hitter going. So he went through the fifth, he went through the sixth, they let him go out for the seventh. He got out of the seventh. He still had a no-hitter, and he said, guys, I just cannot go anymore. My body is beyond tired. I'm not built up. He literally pulled himself out of a no-hitter. And I think those are the kinds of situations that you're, you're going to see early in this season, assuming we get it going. And so, again, as you mentioned, the Cardinals and other teams that you know can run a guy out there for the fourth, fifth, and sixth inning that is going to be almost as good as the starter. They're the ones that are going to be most successful.
2: All right, Shake and Bake. This is the last, uh, last question from me here today. Going to have a little fun. Fourth uh, of July, coming up. Uh, we had a little draft here earlier, and we picked uh, some items from the grill and, and some beers and things like that. For you, on Fourth of July, what are the must-haves? So if it's something that, on the grill, maybe your favorite beer, maybe your favorite side. I always like to find out what people are thinking. Oh, that's a great one. You got to love the barbecued corn. I'm going to go for the corn. There you go. Okay, so perfect. Let let me ask you this. My co-hosts with me. Oh god. Okay. <laughs> they they have a way of eating corn that uh, is different. Now, I eat corn on the cob. Traditionally, just, you know, hold it in my hands or at the little holders and eat corn on the cob. They like to take a knife and cut the corn off the cob. Bill, I got to know. Are you a on the cob kind of guy or a cut it off kind of guy?
1: Uh, I, I've never seen the knife strategy used before.
0: Exactly.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Bill, it is effective. <laughs> it, it makes things much easier. You can just eat it with a fork. How you is it You don't get easier? everything stuck in your, you're in your teeth You're standing there the next time. to
2: people, and you got to have a plate and a knife
0: and cut it. I've told you before, Jamie, this is only when you're doing it at home. You uh, don't go to a party and do this. It's that only means they're home.
2: not confident in it, Bill. <laughs> You know, it's all about
1: results, right? Just like baseball. So whatever gets that lovely barbecued corn in your mouth, however you get there, it's all good.
0: That's what I'm talking about. He's Bill Shaken. <laughs> you can find his work, and you should read it. It is in the L.A. Times. You can also give him a follow on Twitter, at Bill Shaken. Bill, we always appreciate the time, man. Happy 4th to you and your family, and hopefully we'll talk again soon about some real baseball on the field.
1: All right. Take care.